Welcome to the Author's Porch, where every good conversation happens. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride from author to author. We want to give you an experience where you learn and enjoy the conversation. Authors tell you about their journey, you learn about new books, and at the end of the day, you go home with a smile on your face because the Author's Porch is a beacon of light bringing you home to the family you never knew you had. We hope that you enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Others Porch, where every great conversation happens. And we are excited because we have a writing prodigy with us all the way from London. How are you doing, Dylan? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I am good. And after looking at your book cover, Art, and getting a little into learning about your book, which I'm going to let you explain to the people, because if I did, I would never give it justice. Because when a writer starts talking about their book, you can see see it in their eyes, how exciting it is. Um, I actually cannot wait to hear more about it. But before we do that, I want to give the people just a little insight about who you are, what you're com- where you're coming to us from, and um, the name of your book. And then we're going to go right into it. And I'm going to get all giggly like a schoolgirl because this is kind of like the genre that I read. I read sci-fi fantasy, and I love this. this um, it, it's kind of like a high, it's a high fantasy, right? Yeah, uh, I, I think that's a good way to describe it, yeah. Okay, yeah, that's I I love that stuff. I turn into a 15 year old girl, not in heart, not like really, because obviously that can't happen. So anyways, guys, Dylan Brennan is a 16 year old writing prodigy living in London. And he is an avid reader, a student and a musician. How you do all of that? I have no idea at 16 years old because at 16 years old I could barely get out of bed. (laughs) So he has just penned his first book, Noble betrayed and if you were able to be over on our facebook page or our youtube page and see the graphic and look at the book cover it's absolutely gorgeous so congratulations brennan or dylan sorry see i told you i told you i was gonna mess up (laughs) something um congratulations dylan because it took me until i hit my 40th birthday to be able to write my first book (laughs) i mean even at 40 it's even at 40 it's still an achievement so congratulations well and you're extremely kind. Like, <laughs> listen, you know, where is your parents? Because congratulations, parents, you did a wonderful job. So on top of that, so tell us more about Noble Betrayed. And what is the premise behind this book? The thing is, I've been asked this question so many times at this point. And every time I do, I realize just how difficult it is to actually summarize what it's about just because it's so big but I think I'd say that the like sort of driving force of the story is the story of who who I'd say is probably the protagonist uh whose name is uh Simon Pagian and uh so he's he's the lord of one of the like medieval houses and uh but he's quite reserved and doesn't really he's not as social with the other lords and the king as would be expected 
but um, mm -hmm. eventually he gets called up by the king to be Hyal, which is sort of the second in command position of the kingdom. So it's like up there. And yeah. uh, he accepts, but um, he accepts at a really unfortunate time because uh, his wife Gwendis is still sort of reeling in shock from abuse that uh, he's inflicted on her in the past. And she mm. sees it as the perfect opportunity to get back at him and ends up causing a giant war that sort of just rages throughout the kingdom. And I'd say, wow. yeah, I'd say that's, I'd say that's the main storyline that impacts everybody in Noble Betrayed. Okay. So what was, is this something that you've had in your mind for a long time or was there one particular incident that sparked you this idea to write this book? um i guess covid um because the covid was what was going on when i made the decision to write it and yeah because i mean i was extremely bored as everybody was and um I, I, and i just remember one day i felt like because i used to just write sort of short stories without ever actually trying to, to make something bigger and I wrote the what is now the prologue chapter for the book, just as sort of like a little sketch of a short story. And then I realized that it was probably my favorite thing that I had written thus far. And I ended up expanding it into this giant novel. And yeah, it, it started off as something so small and it ended up becoming 500 pages. <laughs> well, I was going to ask you how many pages it was. It looked pretty thick. 500 pages. Did you have help with it, or is it just you sitting there during COVID, just literally going through this entire story in your head and just, bam, five hundred pages? Yeah, it's all me. Um, I mean, I had there was a team on Amazon that did sort of editing, but they didn't really do much other than like sort okay. of like little spag corrections and things yeah. like that. Yeah, but we other, other all of us that, need that. Really, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. That's, that's amazing. I, you know, I, I was very pleased with myself the first time that, um, which was probably a month or two ago, I'm 45 now. So it took me five years to be able to five years into my writing career before I was even able to write 35,000 words, because before that I only was 20,000 was the max. So, I mean, your first one out the gate, 500 pages that is a huge accomplishment a lot of authors don't ever even get close to that so following along in this story um it is the first because you're going to have from what i was able to gather this is just the first installation of this massive storyline correct yeah okay uh, so i think i think the plan right now is probably the trilogy yeah that, that, that's what I'm aiming for right now. It does depend on how I end up taking the story, but I, I think I'm going to go with the trilogy. And do you feel that your characters are leading you in certain places? Like they're kind of guiding the story? Yeah. Um, I, I, I think e even as I write them, uh, that sort of the direction that I take them in is changing a lot. Even in the first book, there was there, there's one character who I won't name who I was planning on having... Uh, in all three installments but i ended up realizing that it was better to uh end the story in the first one 
because doing so enabled another character to end up uh, taking their story into a much better direction. So yeah. Yeah, I, I just completely scrapped any plans I had for that character and just ended it as fast as I could because I knew that it was going to have a much better outcome. Wow. To be so present of mind and understanding those characters and what better would come of something else is is amazing especially you know i know a lot of people are going to comment on your age right and yeah to me when i was when i was that age and people commented on my age i was like this is super annoying like okay i get it i'm young leave me alone about it i still did the work you know so i'm sorry that i keep saying it but i mean i'm i'm 45 and i'm going oh i wonder if i could do that <laughs> so i think a lot of us are just shocked because we're just at that point where we're going, man, you know, that, that natural talent is absolutely astonishing. And it's, it's just a beautiful thing for us. It's kind of like when you see this beautiful bouquet of flowers and you're like, Oh man, that's absolutely beautiful. And I think that's what a lot of us, you know, are seeing in you, especially at that early age. So is writing something that is in your family, something that's been handed down or you just, it has not been in my family in any way, shape or form. <laughs> it's just, yeah, I, I just got, I've had a passion for writing since primary school. And uh, okay. it, it got to the point where I ended up wanting to write my own book. And then uh -huh. eventually I did it. Yeah. It, yeah, so, the, there's not, there are no like traces of writing in my family or anything. I'm the first generation that's done that. Wow. That's amazing. A lot of people have that in their uh in their genetics and kind of you know they've been from primary school on they've kind of been groomed to do that kind of like actors actresses singers things like that they've been um groomed for that and for you to it's just been a love of yours now let's let's go back to growing up at sorry everything's moving as you were growing up it, you've you've always enjoyed writing but what was your what you know they asked this question in kindergarten for all of us what do you want to be when you grow up what was that answer for you the thing with being a writer is i do definitely want to carry on with writing the only problem mm -hmm. is just uh it's very difficult to get paid as a writer now in my opinion yeah uh because you get deductions and pay from if you get someone to design your cover for you from whatever platform you publish it on they always take a percentage as well and mm -hmm. things like that because the internet is now the main source of uh getting your book publicized and getting it sold it does me also mean that you lose a lot more money in the process so i think i would want to keep it as a side career rather than my main career and the only thing that i do yeah what are you looking forward to doing other than writing i plan on going into law very smart. Uh, I'm taking I'm taking A levels that will help me with that, so I'll probably go into law. There's a a really smart author. He is a, a well accomplished author, 
as well as a well-accomplished lawyer, Stephen Joseph. He's in New York, and I have had the pleasure of getting to know a little bit more about him through um, Books That Make You, which does the book fest. They do it twice a year, and we just had the Jingle Books uh, celebration, which is a party that we they do online. And Stephen Joseph is one of the authors under the Books That Make You umbrella. And he does that. He's a lawyer by day, and the fantastic author by night and he's super successful at both of them so I I just I commend you for when I found out how successful he was as a lawyer and then how successful he was as an author I'm like I'm just trying to do one of them but so it's definitely something that's doable and it I just think about the mind that it takes to be able to do both of those and it's 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 tremendously um, amazing and then I met a doctor He's a doctor and a successful author as well. And he writes thriller books. And Stephen Joseph, who's a lawyer, he writes children's books. So um, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Now, going back to the story itself, um, is this the only genre that you write in? Or do you like other genres that stories are going to come to you? Yeah, um, my... the. So I, I have started writing the second book in the trilogy, but uh, additionally, something that I'm going to release before that is, I, I'm going to say it's probably going to be a novella and it's going to be a tragedy rather than mm-hmm. fantasy. So yeah, I do okay. definitely want to explore other genres because I don't just read fantasy. I read pretty much everything. Wow. And do you self-publish or do you have an agent in a publishing house? Self-published. Okay. So you're like, you know what? I've got this. Like I'm I'm writing this thing. I'm I'm my own boss on this. Obviously your parents do some assistance because that's what parents do, yeah. but you're you're running this thing. Yeah. How empowering does that feel to you? Like to cuz most kids can't even remember yeah. to brush their teeth. Yeah, the, the thing is to me it doesn't feel that it it, it doesn't it doesn't feel like a big life change to me but then I realize how, how how inspiring it is to other people and that I think that the reactions to it are more what washes over me than the actual fact that I've done it and I think that's mm-hmm. just because I've done like because it's it's been like a year pro, year-long process I've just been doing it bit by bit so I think yeah. being the one that's doing it isn't as sort of it doesn't it doesn't take you until you realize how it impacts everybody else rather than how it impacts you yeah i think is there there's a lot of young people that feel that they can't do something because of their age they can't you know that they don't have a voice because of their age they they they're not going to be able to do something until they're older and i say you can do whatever you want you just have to one you have to fight for it you have to research you have to have the backing do you feel that because your parents and maybe they didn't i don't know but do you feel that your parents supported you in the way that they supported you it's because that's what made you successful or do you feel that you had the foresight to do what you needed to do and you took the the reins and took care of it and you were lucky enough that they were there if you fell backwards then you had that support afterwards yeah the the main way my parents helped is just reading my drafts 
um okay. and, and obviously helping me like find these opportunities like mm -hmm. like like this podcast and other podcasts have done um yeah. but yeah other than that everything has been me so but yeah they they have been instrumental in helping me get this book published Absolutely. wow that's good what would you say to other um younger folks out there who have written things and want to want to possibly publish it they have books they've written it written them but they just don't know what to do they just got this manuscript they, they've written it whether on a computer or by hand now what i think the i think what impacts a lot of these people who have a finished manuscript but they don't know what to do with it is i think a lot of people are still sort of afraid of self-publishing because i feel like it's sort of seen as a lesser way of getting a book published but that's not really true i think that it's actually the better way of uh, getting your book published because e even if you get rejected a lot of times by lots of publishers that doesn't mean that your book is bad it means that uh wh whatever you've written doesn't fit the path that they want to take because every publisher has their own sort of destination mapped out for the next five to ten years and they know exactly what journey they want to take and it, it's just about if your book falls in line with that journey or not so for example if i mean game of thrones just finished so fantasy is big now so they might want a fantasy book but if you pitch a sci-fi book to them for example if it, if sci-fi wasn't as big at the time they probably wouldn't accept it just because of that it doesn't mean that you haven't written a good sci-fi book but i feel like that's what a lot of people assume it means mm -hmm. and yeah th there's nothing wrong with self-publishing you can absolutely get the same amount of publicity that you would get if you um had uh, a publisher doing it for you it's just about getting the drive to do it and really hunting for the right connections and doing all the marketing it, it, as long as you're willing to uh commit all the time that you, that you need in order to get publicized and get it sold and get people to actually read what you've written then it doesn't matter how it's published because you'll get the same result yeah as somebody who i know i wouldn't have committed all that time i i know it at 16 years old i quit a job because it interfered with the party i wanted to go to i was like um <laughs> yeah you want me to work tonight and there's a party and you won't let me have the day off sorry and i quit a job so that was my mindset at that age i i wasn't dedicated how much time are we talking do you have time for free time or do you or is it it does it take a lot of your free time up well right now i'm in year 12 which i think is 11th grade in america and um yeah uh I, i'm doing three subjects but i do them every single day of the week well apart from the weekend obviously and um i i get so much homework every single day so yeah. it is it is a massive struggle but it's really about your time management and now right now i'm on my christmas break so i get two weeks to just i mean i need to balance revision and things like that but yeah. i do get a lot more time to write and yeah the the 
if you're a student, the best thing to do is sort of just hammer through um, all, all the work you need to do, because there will be days where you end up getting the break that you need to be able to write something. Or yeah. even if you're not, it's not writing to do whatever you want to do. Yeah, I think it's important when you said time management, as I think a lot of us uh, don't manage our time very well. and We blame it on, oh, there's just too much. And I think that that's that's not always the case. I think we're just yeah, wasting sometimes, time. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes it will be that, but sometimes you've just wasted too much time beforehand and it's worse yeah. than you. Wow. Gosh, Dylan, you are... I could just sit and talk to you forever because I'm like, I'm going to learn something. I'm going to learn a lot if I just keep asking these questions. Uh, what are you going to do on your Christmas break? So unfortunately, I have uh, very important exams in January. So I'm, I'm going to need to revise for those, which is really sad because it's Christmas. But other than that, I'm trying to just balance being able to write. Uh, so my tragedy novel is going to be called Master Misfortune. So, so I, I've been balancing trying to write. I, I'm pro I've probably about like a chapter into that now, mm -hmm. and and uh, just like I don't know, relaxing. I'm going on my PlayStation and things like that. <laughs> and do you have a big? Do you have a lot of family coming for the holidays, or, or you got a small family? Yeah, my uh, aunt and my cousin are coming over from Spain. Oh, nice from Spain. Yeah. Do you guys ever visit them? Yeah, we visit every summer. Oh, how lucky are you? You know, <laughs> the only time I ever went to Spain was when our airplane landed and then we couldn't get off the plane. And then we were there for three hours on the plane and then we took off. That was my only time in Spain. <laughs> Sounds like a it, lot of fun, it, it's huh? in the they live in the <laughs> south as well. It's the sunny part. Oh. <sighs> So you all, you guys just get a an absolute destination vacation yeah. to go visit family. <laughs> yeah, it's got palm trees and everything. Wow, uh, you you guys should probably flip that. You should probably go there for Christmas. <laughs> Do they have yeah. like the the warm Christmas and all that? You know, tropical paradise for Christmas. Yeah, I've I've never actually been there for Christmas. So I have no idea what it's like. But I doubt it's I doubt it's ridiculously different to the UK. We've just had snow, so that's cool. Oh, uh, I live in the south of Texas where um we get about four <laughs> cold days a year. So most people are barbecuing on Christmas <laughs> outside. <laughs> so I totally understand that. So what is it about writing that makes you not be able to what what let me rephrase that what is it about writing that says this is what i have to do i don't really know um it, the, the thing is it's it's something that i've sort of always just had a talent for i guess mm -hmm. i i've been i've been writing short stories and things like that since probably the age of eight or nine I've just kind of always done it, and I think it's it's gotten to the point where school is also forcing me to sort of just keep getting better at it. So yeah. it, it it's just like it my my books sort of I guess chart like my evolution as a person at this point. I think because okay. I've just been 
I've been doing it from the age of eight till now. Yeah. And I'm I'm gonna continue doing it. So I think it's just gonna keep showing how I've evolved as a person. So do you have do you have siblings? Yeah. Do you have little brothers and sisters nope. or older brothers? Just you? Yeah, just me. So you so you can't write about them in the stories about them being <laughs> villains or anything like that? <laughs> I I write about the people around me in my life. I've I've written about uh, folks. I write my kids are in my books as different characters and different things they've done. Do you do you do that with your characters or do they resemble yeah, I do people in your life? Yeah, I do sometimes. Yeah. Um, with this second book, there is an an I've created a new entire house, like a medieval house, uh, that all resembles members of my family. So that's my way of showing appreciation for them. Uh, there are a couple characters in Noble named after friends. Uh, a couple mm -hmm. named after teachers, things like that. Yeah, that's really cool. Sometimes I'll write about like I I take inspiration from daily activities and if something happened i wrote a book one time i had a nightmare i woke up from that nightmare and i told myself don't go back to sleep because i don't want to go back into the nightmare it was a horrible nightmare i turned it into a love story <laughs> so it, it just kind of inspiration comes from anywhere what was the biggest inspiration that you've had hmm. out of any pieces that you've written what was the one thing that made you just was like i have to write something and made you write i think i think with everything i've written you can see elements of what it's like to live in 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 central london uh okay. for example i have one short story uh called the high road which i don't think mm -hmm. i've published but i will do that at some point but uh it's set in it's set in this area of London called Kilburn, which is where my school is located and things like that. So I spend a lot of time there. And um, I, I think through writing that, which was intentionally set in the UK, I've noticed that a lot of things I've written do reflect the culture of the UK. Yeah. And yeah, so I think just where I live has been an inspiration for a lot of things and how they've turned out, because I think the culture has sort of come through being British. Yeah, I love that because I I spent three years in England. I lived in the Cotswold, Cotswolds out in Gloucestershire and Fairford. Mm -hmm. I lived there for three years. And I still, in my books, I still have certain words that I use that I don't realize I'm using them, but they're still part of the words that I, I learned while I was in the UK while I was in England and I think that you're absolutely right there's such a rich culture and each part that you go to just like the United States if I go to Alabama versus Texas versus New York just like London the Cotswolds Brindle all of the Bristol sorry Bristol all of those places have very distinct cultures and you'll see it in um, and I like that you're writing about that because it's it's truly unique and the people that are from there or have lived there or know the culture will will pick it up right away the people that don't 
like myself, I don't know about central London. I visited London twice while I was there in the three years um, and only to go shopping, of course, <laughs> typical American. <laughs> and it was enjoy, it was enjoy, but I'll be able to learn about the culture. So I think that's one of the greatest things that writers do is bring your culture into that book and you can teach other people about the beauty of your culture and where yeah. you are it's kind of like free tourism through just words yeah yeah and and you're doing it with some medieval characters which it is 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 very hot right now because like everybody loves the medieval times like it's, it's yeah. really hot off the presses so where can people pick up a copy of noble betrayed yeah it's only on amazon so just Go on, go on whatever version of Amazon you use uh, and type in Dylan Brennan Noble Betrayed and it will come up. Okay. And do you have a website or any way that people can follow you on any social medias or anything like that? Uh, working on the website, but um, with Instagram and TikTok and Twitter, my handle is lbrennan51, which should I type it or... You said L as in Lima? L as in E-L. Like the Spanish article. Okay. Echo Lima, B-R-E-N-N-A-N? -N? Yeah, 51. Okay. I'm typing that in here. That way anybody on our YouTube or Facebook channels will be able to grab that on Instagram, TikTok, or Twitter, and they can follow you, follow you and follow your writing journey. And after they've read Noble Betrayal, Betrayed, they can check out when the second book is going to come out or any other short stories, novellas, or books that you're going to be writing because I see great things coming you know, someone so poised and so intelligent, I want to just follow your career myself and see the wonderful things that you're going to bring to the world of literature. So my, one of my last questions that I have for you before we head out is, what would you like to share with our audience that do you have anything to share with our audience that you haven't already shared? Okay, so... A couple weeks ago, I went to a literary festival and it's mm -hmm. called the AIM Literary Festival. And I was a speaker talking about Noble Betrayed. And at the end of it, I said a little quote that I came up with while I was writing my speech. And I'll just, I guess, repeat the quote here because I think it. I keep hearing that it was actually really good. So I might as well repeat it. So open your ear to your heart and watch it sing. That's That's what I said at the end. I'm typing that quote in because I love it. I, I th that's beautiful. I'm just making sure I quote you properly here. Open your ear to your heart and watch it sing. Yeah. I, it I don't is think it's. I don't think it's anywhere online. I just sort of made it up while I was writing it because my my speech was very revolved around quotes. So I thought it would mm -hmm. be a nice. Thing to do to make my own little ones to put at the end yeah i think if more people did that and followed with their heart and not so much i mean you have to have a little bit of head in there right you have to have a little bit of brain but not all 
that because a yeah. lot of the the true part of your spirit comes from here. So very, yeah. very, very good. Thank you so much, Dylan. I've had a blast talking to you. I'm excited about where you're heading with this writing and with your uh, attorney career. Gosh, <laughs> so many great things coming from you. Um, guys, make sure you go check out Noble Betrayed on Amazon. You can follow Brendan at Instagram, TikTok, or Twitter at elbrennan 51 And Brennan, if do you have any parting words before we head out for the day? Uh, I guess just thank you for having me, and I hope that everyone at least looks reads the sample that you can find on Amazon, because your support means everything. Yeah, make sure you go and support Brennan. Uh, Dylan, I keep calling you by your last name. Gosh, sorry about it's okay. that. Go and support Dylan and Noble Betrayed and follow his career. The young man is doing some wonderful things in the literary world. And if you are a young person uh, below 20, that's what I call a young person. You're still young at 20, but understand my way of thinking. Know that you can do this too. There's a possibility you can reach out to Dylan on a social media and interact with him when he has time, but not over the holiday break. You study him for some big tests once he goes <laughs> back to school. Um, guys, have a great day. Thank you for being here on the author's porch. Thanks for watching with us today. And we will catch you guys next time. Bye everybody. Bye Dylan. Bye. Bye.